Aloha and welcome to another episode of the English 2.0 podcast, the only podcast for ambitious English students who want to become fluent English speakers, global communicators, and real-world English 2.0 performers. My name is Al and thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're going to do movie study episode number six. This is one of the most popular uh, segments on the English 2.0 podcast. So I'm really glad you're with me today. And today we're going to look at one of the most popular movies of all time, and that is the Shawshank Redemption. Now it is known, it goes by other titles in other countries. So probably most of you are familiar with it if you're not familiar with the title right away. Uh, but go look it up and I'm sure you will recognize it immediately. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it, and definitely go out and see the movie if you can. But again, if you haven't seen it, you don't need to, um, you know, have seen it in order to to benefit from this episode. We're going to look at one scene, as we usually do in our movie studies, and we're going to break down that scene. And I'm going to take you step by step so you can follow along and learn a lot from it in the process. Before we begin, make sure you are following and subscribe to the English 2.0 podcast wherever you get your podcasts, perhaps on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, uh, Podcast Addict. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you are subscribed. And please share this episode with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague. And we really would appreciate that as it helps us spread the word of English 2.0 uh, and the podcast, the message, the philosophy, everything. And you know, these days there are so many podcasts out there. And you know, you know, we're the best podcasts out there. So make sure you're sharing with your friends and so that everybody can benefit from these episodes as well. All right, so The Shawshank Redemption uh, is a movie from the 90s, uh, 1994, I believe, that was directed by Frank Darabont, um, and he directed also The Green Mile. Um, and so this is a you know kind of a dramatic uh, movie, of more of a slow-paced story, but really, really well done. And I'll get into everything here. Uh, when I get into the the study that I've already planned out, so I'm not going to go too in depth, but um, you know, definitely look it up. I'll put a link to the uh, profile of this movie on Internet Movie Database or IMDb.com. That's a site I reference quite a bit when I talk about movies, so you definitely want to become familiar with IMDb.com. And it's fun just to look around and check things out, see, you know, your favorite actors and maybe you, there are movies that you didn't know they were in. Um, and uh, it's a really, really fun website to check out when you have time. All right. So, again, in this episode of Movie Study, episode number six, we're going to look at a famous uh, movie called The Shawshank Redemption. And we're going to look at a scene from this movie. Now, According to IMDb that I just mentioned, this is the number one ranked movie of all time, according to fans and people that voted on IMDb. Not the number five or number eight or number ten, the number one. So just keep that in mind as we go. So, you know, this was uh, nominated for several Academy Awards and probably should have won. However... 
that year, you know, the Academy Awards goes by the year that the movie comes out. And so that year, 1994, there was another movie that overtook it by the name of Forrest Gump, which is a pretty good movie itself. So just uh, maybe bad timing for Shawshank Redemption. But, uh, the, you know, Forrest Gump was a very good movie and deserved the Academy Awards as well. So, uh, But Shawshank Redemption won a lot of other awards and so uh, definitely worth a view. Now, the Shawshank Redemption centers around two major characters uh, played by Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. And it's a drama that has, you know, a pretty simple plot, but the characters, mainly the main two characters, Andy and Red, drive the film and make it one of the best ever made. So the basic story is that Andy, uh, played by Tim Robbins, is framed for murdering his wife and her lover, which he did not do, and he is put into prison for a long time, I think for the rest of his life. Now, while in prison, he meets Red, which is played by Morgan Freeman, and he forms a friendship with Red, and they st- and then uh, Andy starts to formulate a plan to escape. Now, since most of you are probably already familiar with the movie or already have seen it, well, let's get right to the scene today. So, what can we learn from the Shawshank Redemption? Well, of course, as usual, we're going to follow our steps. I have, uh, you know, when I talk about studying movies, I have a, te- uh, sorry, a seven-step process that I follow. And so let's go through our checklist of steps. So step number one is to choose the movie. Now, again, I pl- put these steps for you so that when you're doing this on your own, you know how to go through the process that I've gone through, the exact same process, so that you can do this all by yourself. Now, step one is choose the movie. Now, I've chosen Shawshank Redemption because it is a slow-paced drama with lots of dialogue. It also takes place in the real world, which means it's not like a science fiction or fantasy movie. And so the dialogue is going to be more relatable to us in the real world. So there's not, you know, like in Lord of the Rings, you know, there's going to be a lot of names and a lot of vocabulary uh, about objects and things in that universe or that world that are not really relatable. So that's why uh, I, for these studies, I try to choose movies that are, you know, that take place in reality that we know it. All right, step two is choose a scene. Now, in this movie, there are a ton of scenes to choose from because there's so much dialogue. So I decided to go with one of my favorite. Now, this scene features one of my favorite quotes from the movie and, frankly, from any movie. And I'll share that with you as we get to it. Now, in this movie, and sorry, in this scene... Andy is talking to Red about what he plans to do once he gets out of prison. And remember, that's a big if because he's supposed to be in for the rest of his life. So maybe more of just a fantasy. Now, step three, after we've chosen the scene. Now, I put this as an optional step, uh, but definitely a valuable step if you have the time is to uh, write down the script, otherwise known as dictation. Okay. So now, uh, if you're reading this uh, in the blog form, which I plan to put up hopefully in the future, or if you have uh, the script somewhere, you'll be able to read the script. But before you look at it, I would recommend trying to dictate, write down what you hear, 
And again, I've attached the YouTube clip so that you can watch and listen. And again, sometimes, uh, actually the clip I put, you won't have the option to look at the subtitles. Some of them you will have the option. And the clip I'm putting on, um, you don't have the option. So you, you'll have to dictate. <laughs> um, and again, don't worry if you can't catch every word. Uh, but just write down what you hear the best you can. And then you can compare it afterwards. Now also keep in mind the YouTube clip is going to be a little bit longer than just the portion I've chosen. But I'm going to link to it and actually put in the audio right here. So let's listen to the clip. In here, I'm the guy who can get things for you, sure, but outside, all you need is the yellow pages. Hell, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Pacific Ocean? Shit. About to scare me to death, something that big. Not me. I didn't shoot my wife, and I didn't shoot her lover. Whatever mistakes I made, I paid for them, and then some. That hotel, that boat, I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. This is just shitty pipe dreams. I mean, Mexico is way the hell down there, and you're in here, and that's the way it is. Yeah, right. That's the way it is. It's down there, and I'm in here. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. All right. So let's move on to step number four. Step number four is to look up any new vocabulary. Now, there, in that little clip, there aren't a lot of really difficult or words or new vocabulary or phrases but I did note down just a few. So the first is the yellow pages. So Red mentions the yellow pages in his first sentence of this uh, portion. And the yellow pages, again, remember that this movie takes place, uh, when does it take place? In the 50s or 60s, I want to say. But, you know, in this day and age of the internet, we don't really use the yellow pages anymore. The yellow pages... Uh, was I should say in the past, it was a like a phone directory of businesses that you know the public would receive at least in America um, that would come out and the pages were all yellow so that's why they were it's called the yellow pages and the, uh, to put individual phone numbers there used to be a directory called the white pages and so the yellow pages were to separate that the individual phone numbers from the business phone numbers. And so that's before the internet. That's how we used to look up um, places of business that we wanted to call on the phone. <laughs> so that's what he's talking about by the yellow pages. The second uh, phrase is pipe dreams. Okay? Now, pipe dreams are kind of like fantasies that we have or dreams that we have uh, that perhaps seem very unrealistic at the time that we mention them or think about them or talk about them. And so that's just a phrase uh, to, that we use to describe that, pipe dreams. And the final expression is to come down to. Okay, And that was spoken by Andy at the very end when he was talking about the choice. So when 
there perhaps are a complex set of circumstances or lots of factors or you know things to be taken into consideration well sometimes it actually is more simple than it seems and that's what it comes down to or maybe at the end of something there's really a simple choice or simple view and so that's what this uh, phrase means it comes down to this all right so those are the expressions just three now let's move on to step five okay so step five is to find common sentence patterns now here's where we really get into the meat of the dialogue okay so today we're going to look at a statement made by red and that was i don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself andy okay so that's the sentence we're going to work with today now again this scene begins with andy fantasizing <laughs> or you know his pipe dream uh, about getting out of shawshank prison one day and he plans to eventually go to a beach town in mexico that he he mentioned earlier in this scene and open a small hotel while taking them out fishing on a boat that he has restored. Now, Red, who doesn't share the same optimism about getting out of prison as Andy, tries to bring him back to reality. And so he says the sentence, I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. Now, first, the first thing we want to look at is the phrase ought to is shortened in regular speech to oughta. Okay, so if you don't hear Morgan Freeman clearly say ought to, well, he doesn't. He says oughta. Okay, and that's a very normal way when you're speaking at regular speed to say that. So you'll hear oughta. And also doing is not really doing, it's more doing. So the G sound kind of gets cut there. And so again, I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. Okay, so that's a really normal way to say that. Now the phrase doing this to yourself means to, in this uh, context, to get Andy's hopes up only for them to be destroyed in the future when he finds out that he cannot get out of prison. Okay, so don't, don't hurt yourself like that. Okay? And then that brings us to the main sentence pattern, which is, I don't think you ought to, or I don't think you oughta. Okay, so this pattern is used when you want to suggest that someone should not do something. All right. So overall, it's a soft way to give a suggestion or a piece of advice, in my opinion. So I don't think you oughta. Okay, so here are some examples that I just um, formed that you can make with this pattern. Again, uh, phrases or uh, suggestions that you want to make to someone in the negative. Okay, so here are just some examples. I don't think you ought to visit Canada in the winter. I don't think you ought to use your cell phone while driving. I don't think you ought to go bungee jumping if you're afraid of heights. I don't think you ought to go out with your friends tonight because you're taking the IELTS exam tomorrow morning. Okay, so you can see uh, those examples, and if you want, you can practice them yourself. But keep that same sentence pattern, and you can even make your own phrases. So as you can see, these are all pretty light suggestions. And also remember that, again, these are all negative because of the beginning part, I don't think. Okay? Now, conversely, you can make positive suggestions by removing the don't. And that would give us the pattern, I think you oughta, blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, I think you ought to da 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 da. All right. So can you make your own examples, your own sentences? Well, show me in the comments below. Leave some comments, make some examples, and I would love to see them and give you feedback on them. And if you do that in the comments, that's where I can help you out. So please leave a comment with your examples because lots of you are asking for feedback and that's where I can do it so everyone can benefit. Don't be afraid. Share with everyone and you will get back a lot in return, I promise. Let's go on to step six. Step six is to note how a character responds to a question or comment. So in this example, we're going to look at uh, another comment from Red. Now as Red is considering Andy's plan the thought of the Pacific Ocean begins to overwhelm him. So since he's been in prison so long, he's never had a chance to see an ocean and feels that the huge size of it would be a quite a scary thing. So he says, that would scare me to death, something that big. So how does Andy respond? Well, he says, not me. I didn't shoot my wife and I didn't sh uh, shoot her lover. Whatever mistakes I've made, I paid for them and then some. Okay, so there are two parts to this response. The first, the short phrase, not me. Now, this is used to show that you are different from the speaker or you don't share the same feeling or opinion that the speaker has expressed. Not me is a very direct phrase, so it usually should be used among friends or someone you know quite well. So just keep that in mind, the phrase not me. Okay, it's very short, very direct. Again, very natural though, okay? So don't, I, a lot of students confuse uh, very direct with not natural. That's not the case. It's a very natural phrase. It just, the situation should be when you're in an informal situation with someone you know very well, okay? So you don't want to be probably using this like at a business meeting or something like that. All right, now let's look at the second part. The second part uh, is Andy's explanation of why he doesn't feel the same as Red. So in other words, he's not afraid of the Pacific Ocean and its size. I also think it means that he's not afraid to have hope, which Red is afraid of as well. So Andy explains that he did not commit the crime he was in prison for. I didn't shoot my wife and I didn't shoot her lover. He believes that he has spent enough time behind bars and paid for his mistakes. So whatever mistakes I've made, I paid for them and then some. So... When you want to express disagreement or that you don't share what the speaker is expressing, you can use this response formula. Not me plus your explanation. All right. And that helps. That kind of formula or framework will help you respond more naturally and more quickly. So here might be some other responses to Red's statement. Again, these are just examples that I came up with. Okay. So remember Red said his original statement was that it scared me to death something that big not me i'm not afraid of large bodies of water not me guy who grew up on the coast and spent lots of time in the ocean not me i've never been to such a place but it sure sounds beautiful because so those are just some examples of a way to respond to that uh, statement now, I bet most of you are asking or thinking, what is a formal phrase that we can use in the place of not me? All right, so here are a few. I'm sorry, I don't feel that way. 
Oh, really? I'm not with you on that one. I can't agree with you. Okay? So if you are in a form, more formal situation, you can just put those in place of not me and then add your explanation, and it'll be a more formal uh, response to show disagreement. All right, so let's move on to our final step, step seven. And this is to note natural expressions. Now, we've got two from this clip. The first one is from the last sentence we looked at with red, that it scare me to death. Okay, so maybe most of you are familiar with uh, the idiom scare me to death. It's quite common and, again, used to show that you know something would make you extremely afraid or extremely scared. Now, the first part, that it or that would, is to indicate a hypothetical situation. Okay, so in other words, this scary thing hasn't happened, but in our imagination, if it did happen, it would scare me to death. Okay, so again, just thinking about it scares me. Okay, so that's the phrase, that'd scare me to death. So the next time you are talking to someone about a scary thing or event, you can use this to show how you would feel if that happened to you. And finally, let's look at one more of Red's expressions. And that's the way it is. Okay, so this is a really common expression that people use when they want to say something can't be changed. In other words, it's natural or it's the way of life and nothing can be done about it. The circumstances are already fixed. So in this case, Red is stating stating that Mexico is so far away from them and that Andy is locked in prison and so there is no sense you know dreaming about the beach in mexico the reality is that andy is nowhere near mexico and that can't be changed so when you want to express the reality of the situation or help make it clear to someone you can say well that that's the way it is i mean you can add it on to like the end of your sentence so again here are some fictional examples that i just uh, made made up just to give you an example, and you can practice them as well. There are three examples. Let's look at the first one. The test is on Friday, and you're not prepared, and that's the way it is. I'm sorry you don't like cold weather, but winter is coming, and that's the way it is. You're afraid to speak in public? Well, the boss has chosen you to lead the meeting tomorrow, and that's the way it is. All right, so that is going to wrap up our seven steps there. I hope you found them helpful and useful. And also, I wanted to highlight, um, it's not really a common expression, but it's just a very, very good quote from the movie that one of my favorites and very powerful. And of course, that is, get busy living or get busy dying. All right, and you'll see that quote a lot uh, on social media and things like that because it's such a powerful quote because you know we have two ways of looking at life you're either going to you know get busy living you know taking chances uh taking risks living your best life as we say or you're going to get busy dying or you know we every day is going to lead to the eventual end so what do you want to do you have two choices you can either you know get busy living or get busy dying. I think we should all get busy living and take life by the reins and live it on our terms 
and go for the gold, everybody. So that's the message that we're going to end with today. You know, movies are really, really, you know, exciting way to learn English. And, you know, the key thing, in my opinion, is to follow a process. Okay, follow the process that I lay out and it'll be the best use of your time. And I really, really think it is the best way to learn from movies. And you can check out some of the other movie study lessons we've done on the podcast as well. And I do have them linked up in the blog as well, that in blog format for some of them, not all of them yet, because I need some more time to get to them. But hopefully they will be done pretty soon and you'll be able to see them in blog format as well. But what do you think about this scene? Do you have any questions about this scene? Please put them in the comment below and I would love to hear from you. And until next time, please make sure you share this episode with a friend, classmate, or colleague. And make sure you're subscribed to the English 2.0 podcast so you don't miss another episode. And we'll do another movie study very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening today. And remember to always level up your learning and level up your life. Life.